Hi there, Rachel here. If you're listening to this episode in May of 2024, I have some big news. After selling out during the holiday season, my Flex of Gold journal is available for pre-order right now and will be shipping to your home by the end of June. To celebrate, we're running an amazing pre-order sale for Mother's Day. Purchase the journal before May 13th and you'll get $10 off every journal. This is our best price of the year, even better than Black Friday, so it's the perfect time to stock up for gifts for family and friends. This three-year journal helps mothers to notice, savor, and write down the fleeting golden moments that they experience with their children each day. So go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to reserve your copy, and you'll also see our brand new cover colors, as well as our new cover option, which is a wipeable vegan leather. So again, go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to pre-order your journal, and from now until Mother's Day 2024, they'll be marked down by $10 each. I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and before this episode starts, I just want to remind you that the beginning of a new year is the perfect time to start doing a flex of gold journaling practice. With this unique style of journaling, you write down one golden moment you experience with your children each day, even on the hardest worst days, and this simple gratitude practice slowly starts to change the way that you think about your life. Because as you start actively and consciously looking for the good in your life, you start seeing the good everywhere. If you want to change your perspective on motherhood in 2023, order your own beautiful linen-bound Flex of Gold journal today by going to 3in30podcast.com slash Flex of Gold. I also have to tell you that I've decided to make Flex of Gold a seasonal item that's only for sale in November and December every year, and we only have a handful of copies left for this holiday season batch. So don't wait, because this journal won't be on sale again for almost a year. So go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to grab one of the last copies that we have in stock. That's 3in30podcast.com slash F-L-E-C-K-S-O-F-G-O-L-D. Welcome to 3in30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. As we're gearing up to start a new year, maybe you, like me, are thinking about goals and projects and dreams that you'd really like to tackle in the coming year. Things you've been putting off because of fear or busyness or overwhelm or a million other reasons— That dang procrastination can really get in the way of us achieving our goals, which is why I decided to pull one of my favorite episodes of 3 and 30 from the archives today to re-air just in time for the new year. In this conversation, I talk with one of my best friends, fellow podcaster Monica Packer, all about how to stop procrastinating. Monica is a mom of four children, soon to be five. She has a baby due any day. And she hosts the podcast about progress, which is all about practical personal development and gentle goal setting for women. Monica is also the creator of an amazing new online course called The Sticky Habit Method, where she teaches women the science behind how to create habits that will actually stick. If you want to stop procrastinating and start building consistent habits that will change your life in 2023, I can't recommend Monica's work highly enough. Enroll in the Sticky Habit Method by February 1st, 2023, and you will get 20% off when you use the code 3in30. And I'll put all of that information and the links in the show notes. 
You're going to love hearing from Monica today in this Encore episode, and I hope it will give you the boost of resolve you need to launch into the new year. So here we go. Hello, Monica. Welcome back to 3 and 30. Oh, I am excited to be here. Oh, well, I am excited to have you. This is round three, your third appearance on 3 and 30, but it's been a while. It's been several years since you've been on here, and it was high time that we got you back on here. And talking about a topic that I know so many women need and are going to be interested in, and that is how to stop procrastinating. Is this something you have some personal experience with, procrastination? Oh, yes. Of course I do. We all do. And you know what? When I say stop procrastinating, I mean lessen procrastination Mm, in your life. Yeah. Yes. It's it's not about full on stop because that will be impossible. Yeah. I'm glad you just started with that kind of that gentle, grace-filled reminder. You're never going to completely eliminate this, but there are some things we can do to move forward in our lives on our dreams and our goals and our passions. And before we even dig into your takeaways, I think it is important that we address kind of the root, the humanity behind this. Yes. We can get so hard on ourselves when we procrastinate, but why do we as human beings procrastinate? Well, I think I want to start by just acknowledging any person that you think has it all together, I Mm -hmm. promise you that person procrastinates too. It's just a tendency that we all have as humans Mm -hmm. and it will never fully go away. But there are definitely times and seasons where it is controlling what we're able to not just do, but who we're able to be. And that's why I think it affects us so deeply because of how we know that this procrastination is getting in the way of us being who we want to be, not just doing what we want to do. Yeah. So it's a human tendency, right? Yeah. But if we're going to dig into the roots a little bit, would that be helpful? Yes, please. Okay. So there's a nutshell. This is the nutshell version of why we procrastinate so much. And it has to do with emotions. You are either avoiding certain emotions or you are waiting for other emotions to come. I'm going to just break that down real quick. So the emotions that we avoid with procrastination are usually things like anxiety, fear of failure. We're avoiding feeling overwhelmed or we're avoiding stress. Like So we're putting things off because we're trying to avoid the negative feelings that we are associating with that task. Mm. So an example of this for me is a couple of years ago, I have this program called the Progress Program, and I coach women, and I knew it needed to be totally overhauled, the curriculum. It had just to be completely redone top to bottom. So I took a month off my podcast to do that, and I was going to spend every day working on that. But I felt so worried about if it would just fall flat on its face, like if nobody would sign up or if it would be total crap. I was basically worried about failure and disappointing Mm. people and wasting my time. So that month, and I didn't realize it until there was a week left in the month, I deeply organized my garage, like every (laughs) closet in the house. I'm sure I painted a couple rooms, you know, so procrastination can look like productivity. productivity. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And it can also look like searching on your phone a lot. But for me, I realized by the end of that month, it's like, oh, I was procrastinating all month and I was trying to make it seem like I wasn't, but this is what I was trying to avoid. I was trying to avoid feeling like a failure. So if you find yourself in that procrastination loop a lot, just step back for a second and ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Mm, Huge. Yes. And there's so much there, right? 
Or what am I afraid of feeling with this activity? And even if it's like calling someone on the phone, (laughs) there's an emotion you're avoiding there. So think about that. So that's one. Okay. I can't even tell you how many times I've like deep cleaned my desk when I was avoiding (laughs) getting to work on it. I mean, we've all done it or like organized my medicine cabinet. Like what? You know? Yes. You're like, oh, this needs to be done right this minute. So yes, I think we are avoiding a lot of time. And what do you mean that sometimes we're waiting for an emotion? They kind of the opposite of avoiding it. We want it. So when we are procrastinating because we're waiting on an emotion, basically we're waiting to feel like it. Mm. You know, we're like, I don't feel like it. So basically we're waiting to feel motivated or like we want to do it or that we have the energy to do it. Or excited. Yes. In Mm. order to do the task. So we keep delaying until we feel like it which, spoiler alert, will never make you feel like it. And that to me comes up a lot if I do find myself searching on Pinterest a lot or scrolling on Instagram a bunch. It's because I'm telling myself, I don't feel like washing the dishes right now. Hmm. Or I don't feel like putting the laundry away. That's one of my least favorite tasks. Or I don't feel like doing this huge email that I need to do. It's going to take a lot of brain power. I just don't feel like it. And so that's why we get caught in those procrastination loops. It's all about emotions. I think it helps to break it down so you stop shaming yourself so much. Oh, yeah. And I think even having the awareness around it to just gently say to yourself, hey, this is what's going on. I see you. I know what you're doing. (laughs) But not in a shaming, like, why can't you handle the fear or why are you afraid of failure, whatever, but just in a gentle, I understand. It's okay. Journal it out. Do what you need to do. And then take some of these steps that we're going to talk about today to get moving through procrastination. I wanted to also add here, Monica, that you are one of the first people that helped me see how much my perfectionism was impacting my ability to put work out into the world, to make a difference in the world. And listening to your show, and particularly an episode you did with Jennifer Finlayson Fife about perfectionism was such a wake-up call for me where she talked about how that's immaturity and that selfishness to be waiting until you have the perfect thing or that you can look perfect before you take a risk and try to make a difference in the world. Mm -hmm. And I felt called out. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I am doing is I am withholding the gifts that I could be giving to this world because I want to be seen as perfect. Yes. And in your work, you've done a lot with perfectionism. And I've heard you say that there's a lot of people who don't even know they're perfectionists. And they'll say, no, 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 I'm not a perfectionist. But their actions would say otherwise. Can you explain that, this kind of unexpected perfectionist that you encounter in your work? Well, I think like 80% of the perfectionists out there are actually the underachieving kind. And I put that in quotes. And those are people who are waiting a lot on the sidelines in their own lives because Mm -hmm. they're waiting for the perfect time or they're waiting for the perfect amount of money or the skill or whatever it might be. They're waiting. Mm -hmm. And we procrastinate not just our to-dos, but like I said at the beginning, we're procrastinating our lives of Mm -hmm. being who we want to be. We discount ourselves from even the trying because we won't be perfect or good enough at it. Yeah, And I think a lot of women who are listening right now are going to be surprised to hear that they're perfectionists. Mm. And you are if you are in a holding pattern in your life. All or nothing is kind of the, the model that perfectionists follow, which means for most of us, that all is so impossible or so extreme or all encompassing. And the cost is so high that we tend to go more to the nothing. And if you're in the more of the nothing side, 
you are still a perfectionist. And I think that really relates to what we've been discussing already about procrastination and how directly tied they are. Yeah. Cause I've heard women say, oh no, no, I'm not a perfectionist. I'm not an overachiever. I, you know, I don't try. I don't yeah. do anything. So I'm not a perfectionist. And I'm like, no, you're idealizing perfectionism. Yep. Like you think that a perfectionist is someone that's a super high achiever when really your perfectionism is what is keeping you from trying. A lot of the women who are yep. the quote highest achievers, the most productive, quote unquote, are actually not perfectionists because they just yes. get out there and do it. And mm-hmm. they don't care about having a perfect outcome. And so I am, and I've always known I am a perfectionist and it's held me back. I mean, I talked a little bit in this intro about how it took me two years to start my podcast. I knew the format. I knew everything. And I was just waiting and waiting and procrastinating because I was afraid of failure, of putting myself out there, of the work that it would take. And you had already started your podcast and I kind of admired you from afar and honestly felt jealous that mm-hmm. you were out there doing what I wanted to be doing. And we've done an episode about that that I'll link yeah. about what do you do if you're jealous of a friend and how do you <laughs> overcome jealousy? And so if women out there are listening and they recognize that they feel jealous of people that are doing the things that they're procrastinating doing, yeah, I hope that this episode will be a starting place for how to get going. Me too. So let's start in with your three takeaways. What are your practical action steps for us? Well, and I love, I'm going to be like, I love these tips because, but I do love these <laughs> tips because they're both practical, but also deep. So this will help you with a literal task you are avoiding. Mm. And it will also help you with the bigger life picture thing that you're also putting off and avoiding. Yeah. So maybe even think of a specific task in your mind, hold it in your mind as we go through these, something you are avoiding doing right now that you can apply these takeaways to. And then like Monica said, also, you'll get some deeper meaning as well. For sure. Okay. So the first takeaway I have is to focus on the starting, not the ending. So a big part of procrastination, both with bigger picture stuff, as well as just literal tasks that we're doing, we are procrastinating because we're only imagining the ending and all the work that will go into that ending. Hmm. Like I just finished scrapbooking last night and all of the supplies, all of the little papers and pictures and things my kids have done have been outside in our main living area. I'm living in my parents' basement right now, so it's not a huge living area, but a living area. It's been out there for six months and Hmm. I procrastinated doing it for this very reason because I knew it would take me hours Hmm. to have the finished product. I was focusing on the ending. And so what you need to do instead of focusing on the ending is to focus on just the starting point, Mm. just the start. And with that, your starting place needs to be so easy that you don't have to worry about all of the work. It just is something you can do really easily. So that's actually the only way I finally got it done is by telling myself I would just focus on going through a little stack of the papers that day. That's it. Just going mm-hmm. through it, not even scrapping it, just going through it and deciding I'm going to recycle that. I'm going to scrapbook that for a mm-hmm. few minutes. And if you focus on the starting, what it does, it creates the momentum you need to get to the ending. Yeah. Yeah. There's a natural law, one of those Newton laws. I don't know which one. It might be the oh, first Oh, I know one. because I already recorded an episode that's airing on my show all about motivation. Oh, perfect. First law of motion. First law. An object in motion stays in motion. 
Perfect. So if you start with something very easy, you will stay in motion and get more done by the end than if you're waiting for the big amount of energy it takes to get the finished product right away. Yeah. So I think a really practical way to apply this would be if you recognize that you're feeling overwhelmed by a task, ask yourself, what is the very next thing that needs to happen? And I'll start there. How can I start? Yeah. How can I start? The easiest way to start. That might be like literally getting out the tool you need to make dinner and putting Mm -hmm. it on the counter or picking up one category of items in the room instead of the whole room, but being like, okay, we're going to start with shoes in the basket. Totally. There's that Frozen song, do the next right thing. Yes. The (laughs) next right thing. We should have you sing that. Uh, Yeah. Like a whole kitchen. Just think about instead of doing the whole kitchen, start with one drawer. I had Gabrielle Blair on my show a few years ago, and she talked about this cross-country move they did, which was as a family of eight, because they have six children, was a tremendous amount of to-dos. Like the end was hours and hours and hours of preparation to get to that point. And the way she started was just looking up where they're supposed to get their passport pictures. That Mm -hmm. was it. That was her first task. It was an international move with her children, right? That's right. Yes, to France. So where can you start? Yeah. Oh, that's so freeing to just think about that step. Let's take a quick break for an announcement and for a message from our sponsors. First, an announcement. If you're listening to this episode during the week it comes out, it is New Year's week, and I wanted to remind you that I have a resource to help you make this special time of year even more special for your family. A few weeks ago, I had Vanessa Quigley, mom of seven and co-founder of Chatbooks on the podcast, talking about how pausing to reflect on the year that has passed with your family can build connection and a sense of belonging. She gave some amazing ideas for simple and impactful New Year's traditions that you can start with your family with very little prep, and those don't have to be done on New Year's Eve, so if you're listening to this after the fact, it's not too late. And I wanted to remind you that I created a handout that goes along with that episode, which includes some of Vanessa's and my best ideas, so just go to 3in30podcast.com slash new year to get that free download. I hope it will help you infuse more meaning into your New Year's traditions this year. And now a word from our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. My friends, how are you feeling during this holiday break? Whether you have school-aged kids home from school right now or babies or toddlers who are always home with you, you may be feeling a little cooped up at the moment. Or maybe you're exhausted from traveling and you're ready to get back into a routine when the new year comes. Whatever you're feeling right now, as you think about how you and your family are going to transition out of holiday hubbub and into the new year, I hope you'll consider therapy as a way to support yourself and the ones you love. Having a trusted professional counselor has helped give me a safe place to process my experiences and in turn be more emotionally equipped to support my loved ones and put boundaries in place in my life and relationships where necessary. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash 3in30. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3in30. Then what's our next step? Alongside this is when you are starting, you need to set limits. So it seems so paradoxical 
But when you are setting limits, you're actually allowing yourself to get things done, to actually show up. So setting limits helps you narrow down what you need to do to either a certain time limit, and I would make that short, or a certain number, make that few. So let me give you some examples on this. So let's say that instead of having a whole day set aside to organize your papers, because I just Mm -hmm. had a client do this and she was really worried about it. Instead of setting aside a whole day, you're going to start by just going through the files. And to do that, set a limit about how much time you're going to do that Mm. and make it so easy that you can do it without much motivation, without much energy. And so for her, we did like five or 10 minutes and she literally set a timer and she just went through it for that small amount of time. Let's say you have a whole room full of stuff everywhere, like your kids just exploded stuff all over the house. There's a lot to put away. Tell the kids, hey, we're each going to put away five items or 10 items. You set limits around it. And somehow those limits will paradoxically make it so also, just like we talked about the first tip, it makes it so you can get more done with time. Yeah. Set limits. Oh, that makes so much sense. And I know you have done several coaching certifications that help with this, but in the optimized coaching, they teach you about floors and ceilings, right? And how setting a minimum barrier, a floor of what you will get done instead of always shooting for the ceiling, the sky. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, this comes from Stephen Geise's book, How to Be an Imperfectionist. And my friend Brooke Snow, who's also an optimized coach, she has talked about this a lot in ways that really make a lot of sense. And her analogies are so great. It's just basically telling yourself, this is the baseline. This is the floor of how I'm going to do something instead of shooting for the big end product that you want. It's just a way to start so that you can get going and get in the momentum like we talked about and actually move forward. Yeah. Kind of tricks you. I love the visual of the floors and ceilings as like a container or as a limit, because if you don't have a floor, then you're just floating around aimlessly without a real grounding direction. And that's where so many of us, we don't have a container. We don't have a limit around our efforts. Mm -hmm. And there's another natural law, I think, that says that objects will take up the amount of space that they're given. And so if you give yourself a full day to do something, you'll probably only work on it the last half an hour of the day. Yes. Or you'll work on it all day and overwork on it. Or you'll put it off and work on it at the end of the day. So giving yourself a smaller container, a, a more finite limit is sometimes helpful to just get going. Mm -hmm. And it also clears the path for you. Instead of being the mouse who, you know, give a mouse a cookie, that book. Oh yeah. That's my life. Yes. I tend to be that person. Oh yeah. Me too. So if I have a limit where I know I am only doing this task for this amount of minutes, it keeps me focused instead of getting so distracted, which for me is another way of procrastinating. Yeah, absolutely. And then what's your third takeaway? My third takeaway is to make it enjoyable. Or another way to say this is satisfying. That comes from James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, which is so amazing. But we are more likely to do things when it bumps up all those feel-good chemicals in our brain and in our bodies. So what I like to do is pair a blah task, like a task that just makes me feel like, like I hate this, with a yay reward. Like that's something that makes me feel good. And so you can pair. So this is like, when I, I've had to call insurance so much in my time as a mom, because I have some special needs kids and I dread it. I hate it so much. I will put it off. But one thing that can help me is 
literally sucking on a piece of dark chocolate while I'm on hold for the Mm. 10th time that day or watching a show I really want to watch while I'm also on hold or having something that I know I get to do right after it because I've made it through. You can also trick yourself into doing things like going on a walk because you get to listen to your favorite podcast, which is probably three and 30 takeaways for moms podcast or about progress. (laughs) Hey, you said it, not me. So you know, you're, you're, you're trying to pair it. You're tricking your brain into making you think this is not the worst thing that has ever happened to me. I have to do this with laundry every time, folding laundry. I have to watch my favorite anything British on Netflix. Like it has to be something British. That's how I ever get the laundry done. That's the only reason why. Um, so think about how can you pair a blah task with a yay reward, something that feels good. And not only will it help you actually do the thing, it will trick your brain into thinking, that's not so bad. We could do yeah, that again. Totally. And I know BJ Foggs. He's been a guest on my show and he talks about celebrating or doing like a celebration blitz to get yourself going, to get those feel good emotions going. So maybe you turn on some music and every single thing that you pick up or that you do, you celebrate. And I have done this and I feel like a three-year-old patting myself on the back and partying for every little thing that I do. I mean, literally every sock I pick up, I'm like, I'm awesome. And yes, but it makes you laugh and it brings up your energy level and it gets you going and it makes it enjoyable to celebrate every little thing that you're doing. So yes, you could set a timer for 10 minutes and do with your kids a giant celebration blitz where you guys are Mm -hmm. just cheering for every little thing you do and that will get the momentum going. Yes. You're kind of like, It's like you're intercepting your brain and you'll be like, no, we go here because it feels good. And it works. Mm. You trick yourself and it works. Yeah. I can't tell you the number of times that I've turned to a podcast or a playlist to get me through something that I was dreading. So always a really good strategy. Well, Monica, this has been so, so helpful. I want to hear more about your show and what you have to offer. Yeah. So my show is called About Progress and self-development is a really hard field because a lot of people are teaching this in all or nothing ways. Like get up and do the thing and you're the only one in charge of your life. And here's all the extreme ways to make it happen. And, you know, you talked about perfectionism. My story is me realizing that perfectionism was absolutely ruining every part of my life, both as an overachieving and then as an underachieving perfectionist. And I wanted to change. And the only way I could do that was by experimenting with what it meant to live a life based around progress, not perfection. And that's how my podcast came about. And I did not think about my podcast for years. I thought about it one week and I started it the same day that I finally decided. I was like, yeah, I can do that. I'm going to do it. And because of that, I made a lot of mistakes along the way. And I had to learn a lot about the growth mindset and how to learn from failure and mistakes and And how to be who you really are in spite of the ups and downs of the things and the passions that you're pursuing. And so that's my long way of saying, come and listen to About Progress because that's where we talk about progress made practical. And it's for everyday women who want things to change in their lives, but know that the extreme all or nothing model is not working for them anymore. I really love how you have made progress practical. I think you gave some great examples of that in this episode of the grace that you have for women, for all of us that are struggling to become, as well as some practical steps. You often say that you give your listeners a hug and a kick in the pants to get going. Yeah. And I love that about you. Whatever it is that your heart is calling you to do, 
I hope that you'll apply these three takeaways that Monica gave us today, not just for like the tasks that you have to get done in your home, which are important too, but also for the dreams and the goals and the ambitions that you have. Just start and feel your feelings, acknowledge them, and then start. And we are rooting for you all the way. So Monica, thank you so, so much for coming on 3 and 30. It was such a joy. And where can people find your podcast? About progress on any podcast app out there. And I'm on Instagram there as well. And we'd love to have you part of it. Well, thank you, my dear friend. I have learned so much from you watching you to just do something. That's kind of your tagline that you say, just do something. It has taught me a tremendous amount. I admire you so much. And thank you for coming on 3 and 30. I appreciate it. I loved that conversation with one of my favorite friends, and I hope that you did too. Don't forget that if you want to learn more from Monica about building good habits in 2023, you can join her Sticky Habit Method online course for 20% off with the discount code 3in30 until February 1st. She does fabulous work, and this episode was just the tip of the iceberg of the tools and insights she teaches for women who want to stop procrastinating and start living as their best selves. To recap the episode, she first mentioned that we procrastinate because of our emotions, either because we are avoiding feelings like overwhelm or fear of failure, or because we are waiting for feelings like motivation, excitement, and energy. We can acknowledge and validate our emotions, and then we can follow these three takeaways in order to get moving. First, focus on the starting, not the finishing. Don't let yourself get bogged down by picturing the finished task and how much work it's going to take to get you there. Just ask yourself, what is the very next step that I need to take and keep it very simple? Second, set realistic and doable limits around overwhelming tasks, either a time limit or a number limit for how long you expect yourself to work. This might look like I will work for 15 minutes on this or I will read three pages of this document and then I will take a breather. Give yourself a floor for your task that will keep you stable and moving forward little by little. And third and finally, make it enjoyable. Pair a blah task with a little reward, not only to make it fun to complete the task in the moment, but also to trick your brain into deciding that it wasn't that hard and you'll face less mental resistance in the future when you come back to the task. My friends, we've got this. Our goals and our lives, they are too important to continue putting them off forever. I hope that whatever task you envisioned at the beginning of the episode as the thing you've been putting off doing, you'll use these takeaways to tackle a little bit of that today. On a personal note, I just want to end the episode by saying thank you so much for being a listener of 3 and 30. 2023 is sure to be a year full of ups and downs like every year, and I hope that the takeaways we discuss each week on the podcast will be a toolkit for you and a support and encouragement for you as you go through your days with your family. I am always rooting for you. I'm honored to have you in this community of podcast listeners, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family. I appreciate it, and I love you, if I can say that. <laughs> Should I read you that? Do you want me to? Sure, yeah, read, okay. read it. <laughs> you, can, you can decide if you want to keep it in there. We can do that as an outtake. I love you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm sorry, I've tried to not laugh again, so thank you so much.